0: Welcome to Focus on Women, a platform we created to help support all women in the photography and video arena. From photographers and directors to producers and creative directors, stylists to assistants and more. Our mission is to give women a seat at the table and involve them in community through networking events, workshops, mentoring, and mentorship. You are listening to season three of our podcast. I never thought we would get here. Thank you to all who made it happen mostly our fabulous producer, Shelley Waldman. Please keep listening and tune in. Every Thursday, we launch new episodes. Thanks. Hi, this is Tracy Tarek, the founder of Focus on Women. And today's guests are the photography duo, Tracy and David. Tracy Bullion and David Antholtz are a husband and wife photo and motion team based in Southern California. They started their careers in photojournalism and now find themselves the recipient of Lerzer's Top 200 Ad Photographers for 2020. Their work is mostly in the active lifestyle portrait and landscape genre and is beautifully created with a quality of light that feels like a signature. Welcome Tracy and David. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for being with us. So let's start about, let's start, you know, I'm assuming that maybe you both became photographers before you met each other, but if not, you can tell us that story too. So so let's go back and let's start with Tracy on, and where, where you got into, where and when you got into photography.
1: Sure. So, um, I discovered photography in high school and just immediately fell in love and, was in the dark room probably like every waking moment that I wasn't in the pool. I was a competitive swimmer um, and I spent a lot of hours in the pool, but <laughs> um, the dark room was kind of my other love. Uh, my dad gave me his manual Canon um, AE1 camera, and so I was just using that everywhere. Um, and I decided, I think, the summer after my sophomore year, that I wanted to be a photographer. Um, And the only thing I could think of was like, my parents subscribed to the local newspaper and I always saw pictures in the newspaper. And so that just, to me, seemed like the way I could become a professional photographer. Um, And so I kind of beat down the door of the local newspaper until they let me in. um, And they were just amazing there. The director of photography um, just... loved kind of helping the next generation and the staff there kind of took me under their wing and, um, taught me everything. And I spent three summers there where they just give me unlimited film and send me out and and give me assignments and teach. And I, I learned so much there. Um, and then I went on um, to doing internships around the country. I went to NYU, um, for photography. I'm from the East coast. Um, and so I studied photography and anthropology there. My parents said, you have to have a second academic major. We're not letting you just study photography. Um, and um, I ended up doing kind of a brief stint as um, an assistant for a sports illustrated photographer. I was really, really into sports photography. And ended up feeling like assisting wasn't my thing. Like I really wanted to be out shooting. Um, and so I, I got a job at the Naples daily news down in South Florida. Um, it's like a medium sized paper that had just like an awesome photo staff at the time. Um, everybody was super young and hungry and motivated and dedicated. And, uh, we'd all like pursue passion projects in our free time and, and get together and and help each other. Um, and that's where I met David he was on staff there and I can keep going. I mean, (laughs) we were still separate at that point, but then we also kind of, I mean, I I guess from there, um, I was hired on staff at the, uh, the Plain dealer, which is a newspaper in Cleveland, um, which is a pretty big staff. Um, at the time, a really big, great paper. And, and uh, I was one of the photographers in the sports team there. So I shot a lot of sports, um, and, and it was a great opportunity. Loved it. Um, I guess I should, before we go on here, I can let you, I can. Back yeah, on. we
2: can. So for me, I, I, I also found photography in high school. I was always into design and drawing and art and took a lot of art classes. My brother, who was two years older than me, had taken a photography class. And after he finished, he suggested to me, he's like, you should take a photography class. I think you'd like it. And so I, Took photo class. I think it was my sophomore year of high school, and um, and did love it. And I spent a lot of time in the dark room taking photo classes. I went on to to a small uh, liberal arts college for, for graphics and design, and ended up double majoring into photography because I took so many photography classes. Um, but my my focus was still on design and graphics and and commercial art. Um, I ended up in newspapers doing internships in the art department and then the photo department. Um, I worked for some newspapers while I was in college, um, and I ended up getting hired at the Springfield, Illinois newspaper, the State Journal Register, as an art director, and ended up as a photo editor there also. Um, I decided I wanted to get back to photography because I wasn't out shooting as much as I wanted, and so I quit my job there and went to graduate school at Ohio University, where I received a fellowship, um, which allowed me to not only Pursue my degree, but also I was teaching design um, and desktop publishing for undergraduate students. Um, and after finishing there, I ended up getting hired in Naples, which is where Tracy and I met. When we decided to move to Cleveland, Tracy got offered the job, and I I started freelancing there and did continue to do work for editorial clients and magazines and newspapers, and started expanding into commercial work and doing work in higher education and and medical and um, a lot of different areas. Um, and then we decided that we were going to go from Cleveland. Yeah. So when
0: you were in Cleveland, you were both shooting separately and kind of had your separate careers as photographers, right? Yep. I was on staff at the paper and David was freelancing. Got it. And we had kind of started dating, um, in
1: Naples. Uh, we were completely crazy that we were on the staff of like, I don't even know, eight, (laughs) 10 photographers. And we were dating, which is (laughs) a little bit risky. Right. Um, But, um, but we, we moved to Cleveland and we're working independently. Um, I guess we started shooting weddings there a little bit on the side and then we started working together just a little bit doing that. Uh Um, and then I survived, I think three rounds of layoffs. It was kind of at this time, 10 years ago when newspapers just started having a lot of trouble. Um, and I was the youngest photographer there by far. Um, and the last hire, and we just felt like this is just, we, we felt like we wanted to kind of take our lives into our own hands and not wait to kind of have me be laid off and then figure out what to do at that point. Um, and so we, we moved, we came out to California. Um, we, we wanted to go somewhere warm. (laughs) We come from Florida. We went from Florida to Cleveland and it was so cold. So we said, we're going back to the warm. Um, and we wanted to be near family and, and, um, we both had family out here, but I had a bunch of family in Southern California. So we ended up out here and, uh, in the beginning, we still worked independently. We pursued editorial photography independently and we did a lot of work, um, but felt like it, it just was a tough industry. It was hard to make ends meet. I mean, we struggled that first year. I mean, it was really hard figuring out, does this make sense? And I was kind of at the point where I said, well, I could go back to school and get an MBA and just kind of start over and do something different. Mm -hmm. Just something I had considered previously. Um, and, and you had thought about going, getting an MFA and teaching.
2: Yeah. That was kind of the plan B if things didn't work out when we moved out here.
1: Yeah. But I think, um, you know, my dad's always kind of been a mentor to us. My dad's, uh, my dad has his own business and um, he kind of sat down with us and said, you know, you've got to give this like one more year, like just put everything, figure out what it is that you want to do and just go 200% in and give it one more year. And if you struggle and it doesn't work fine, You, you know, you did everything you could. And if it works, then go with it. And, We just kind of at that point, I think said, you know what, like our, we work really well together. We were at that point finding that we were assisting each other on jobs a lot. Um, We were helping each other with editing. We were um, helping each other produce shoots. And I think we just felt like we worked, it just made sense to kind of emerge. We started kind of moving a little bit away from editorial I'm pursuing kind of a lot of the higher education, medical healthcare work that David had been kind of shooting in Cleveland. We already had kind of a portfolio in that and we wanted to move more into commercial Mm -hmm. work. Um, And so we started pursuing that and and doing a lot more motion. Um, I had been doing that in Cleveland a little bit um, in the, the couple of years before we moved. And then we had some clients that started saying, can you do motion? And so we started doing it more and as a team we were able to kind of split the duties of like directing and dping mm-hmm. really well um and so from there we started working together and it's just like it's been 9 to 10 years now of working together and it's been great and we we found some like unbelievable wonderful loyal clients that have, have hung with us throughout the years and and we've kind of been evolving too and so it's, right. it's we we lucked out. Yeah, it worked out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so it sounds like you were kind of maybe that it's ten years. So that's like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? So yeah. like two
1: thousand ten. Two thousand ten we left Cleveland. Yeah. So
0: right after the recession hit. Yeah. 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 And I think um that was a yeah, that was when I started my agency as well. And that was kind of the time where it was kind of you just had to either go all in or find a completely new career and figure it out. And I feel like that's when I, that's kind of like when the magic happens, you know, like that's when the creativity really kicks in and cause you've, you've given it, you know, like you said, 200% and now you're going to make it work. Yep. So tell, tell me a little bit about what it's like with the two of you. I'm always so intrigued by duos um, and how they work. Cause I feel like they don't all work the same way. Are you both behind the, the same camera? Are you with two cameras? Does it depend on the client? So it depends very much what we do. We're pretty
1: much always shooting on both jobs. Um, and we're usually both shooting with each with a separate camera and different lenses and kind of going after the the situation, um, from, from different angles at the same time. I mean, it just depends. Um, sometimes somebody's focused on video and somebody's focused on stills, depending on, what's going on, how much time we have. Sometimes we're both on separate sets. If we have to do that, like if we really need to be efficient, we completely divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we prefer to kind of both be shooting at the same time and just getting a lot more images than we could get individually. Right. Um, it, it also kind of lets us capture kind of the images that the client is, is envisioning and dreaming while the other person can kind of experiment a little more and sometimes push things a little further and see if maybe there's something different that everybody likes. I mean, we try to shoot with, um, if we're lighting things, we try to shoot with continuous lighting as much as possible just so that we both can shoot. Um, because strobes would make that a little bit more difficult for the two of us to be
2: plugged in at the same time. That's one of the few times where even though we'll both be shooting with we'll hand the camera back and forth, Um, if we are shooting with strobes, a lot of times, or one person is focused more on directing the others more on shooting, but that's one of the rare situations probably where we're not both shooting at the same time.
0: Right. So do you, um, not having seen your work separately or I haven't, um, do you spend a lot of time beforehand kind of talking out what that, what the images are going to look like or how you think you're going to shoot them so that you're. It's harder for the client to tell there's two people shooting. You know what I mean? Like, because your styles are, so, I mean, I can't tell who shot what you on your not We
1: often can't tell. Like, we'll do a <laughs> shoot where we're passing the camera back and forth, and I'll say, Did I shoot that? Did you shoot that? It's like, I think we've gotten to the point, we already had a really similar aesthetic, but we've okay. kind of gotten to the point where we've developed kind of this way that we like to shoot mm-hmm. where. I don't, I don't think that's an issue and I don't think anybody would be able to tell, but we certainly do do a lot of pre-production and we do plan and think through things in advance and talk about what we're going to do, especially if something seems um, more complex or just a lot of moving parts or we're limited on time, then we'll really talk things through. So we know Uh, But we've been working together long enough now. I mean, and we're husband and wife. So, I mean, we spend a lot of time together that we're in the same wavelength most of the time. Like you can glance at the other person and we just kind of know, okay, this person's going to do that. I don't need to do that. (laughs) Like it just, it works.
0: Yeah. 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 That's cool. And with that, um, with your background, Dave, in particular, Um, being graphic and art direction and stuff. I feel like that's such a great, that goes so great with photography and being able to come to the table kind of in a way where you already can really think out the whole campaign and not just one image at a time.
2: Right. Yeah, I I think so too. And I think that, you know, being able to communicate with the, the buyer, the designer, or talk to them about like, do you need type here, or there, it's like I can kind of envision what they're going for. Right. Um, I think it also has helped our business also because we can do some of the design work in, in-house. I had a, I had a mentor at one point who told me, he's like, he could see the design, like my design background in my photography also. And I don't know if that becomes part of the aesthetic also of the images, um, That is kind of like all-encompassing. That right. uh, You know, hopefully they're, they're able to to uh, see it also
0: yeah well I think you know most photographers struggle with doing their own photo editing (laughs) and right and creating their brand and you have the advantage of sort of having that background and being able to you know really it's made your site so cohesive and um you know I always like to say like I feel like it's very important because I was an art director for a while but for me it's very important that my artists no matter what they shoot I know it was them shooting it You know, and that's very clear to me when I look at your work that it's so easy to know that you guys shot it. Well, thank you. Well, we can't take all the credit
1: for that because (laughs) we have worked with some fantastic consultants over the years. Um, and we're not afraid to ask for help and, and we're not afraid to get another perspective. And so we've worked with some people that have helped us over and over again, kind of refine our style and our editing. David is an awesome editor and has helped us a huge amount with the editing, but we've gotten that other perspective too, when we need it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. I think that that is also a good point is knowing when to ask for help, like knowing when you've reached your limit and you just need somebody else to step in. Um, with that said, are you guys repped currently? Have you been repped or worked with a rep?
1: We are not repped. Um, we work with, um, there's a few really fantastic reps that we've worked with when we're working on bids, um, and treatments and, and figuring that out. Um, but we're not currently repped.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how has, um, I would think also that the background of photojournalism really lends to being able to tell a story on the other side, on the commercial side. Do you agree with that, Tracy?
1: Yeah, I, I think so for sure. I mean, we always say that photojournalism for us was the best boot camp where we learned how to do everything. I mean, we were shooting two to three assignments a day that could range from like a professional sports game to a portrait to a, a new, like a hard news assignment. Right. Um, and so you really kind of learn to, to tell stories quickly, um, to, I think, deal with and, and talk with everyone to talk your way into situations. Um, to, we laugh sometimes now when a client says they have a, a quick deadline or a fast turnaround, because we're, we were used to like, you could shoot for five minutes and then you'd have to transmit. Right. Now, sometimes a fast turnaround is like, I need it in two days. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that it, it, it helped us also with storytelling and we really learned kind of how to weave things together. And it's something that we still really, I mean, we still gravitate towards storytelling all the time
0: and, and it's, it's what we're trying to do every day in our work. Sure. And would you say what percentage of your jobs are you also doing motion for?
1: That's a really good question. I would say it differs every year, but I would say 75, 80. Yeah. 80% maybe. Yeah. 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 I mean, we do a lot of motion and we love doing motion. Right. It's been a really fun challenge to keep learning. I mean, it's, it's like endless how much there is to learn. Right. Right. But it's been great.
0: And now, um, you know, during this crazy time that we're living through where everything kind of came to a standstill in March and we're just, at least in California, we're slowly seeing some stuff come back. Have you guys gone back to work yet or What's that looking like for you?
1: So it's been a little crazy. I mean, like everyone, um, our work kind of disappeared overnight in mid-March. Um, and we ended up having some clients that came to us, some of our, our, long ter- our long-time clients came to us and said, we really need some help. Um, and they had us do some, they wanted to create some videos. And so we use existing assets um, that we had already shot and some that they even sourced. Um, and had us kind of edit some of these, uh, marketing videos, advertising videos for them. Great. Um, we, I mean, in terms of shooting, I guess we've done a couple of bids. Like we we did a treatment last week for something, but we haven't actually been out on a set yet. Um, but yeah. we have been when all of this started, we just said we have to go out and tell stories. And so, we i'd say two weeks in it took us about two weeks to kind of get up and really get out but um but we started shooting um people in our community um from a distance outside through windows um and so we kind of started shooting just families adapting and then it kind of evolved a couple weeks later um we as we're both former athletes um i was a swimmer and david was a soccer player um, we both just said, oh my gosh, if we were swimmers during the summer, soccer players, what would we do? Right. We didn't do our sport. And so we started photographing athletes. And so we've been doing that. We've been shooting people. I mean, there were times where we were shooting sometimes three different people a day um, wow. throughout all of this. And we've been shooting. We've kind of slowed down in the last couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. we've been just building this whole story of how people are living and what's going on and how athletes are adapting. So we've, we've been busy, whether we've had we've had actually paying jobs or not. Right. Right.
0: That's awesome. I love the idea about the athletes because they, I mean, yeah, they're the last people who want to be stuck inside and not able to do something. I can't imagine the drive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And did you find, so those were athletes and obviously everything was done safely. Yeah. But um were those people that you'd already known or did you kind of do an outreach on your Instagram or how did you find those people to shoot?
1: Yeah, so most of the people we photographed we didn't know actually and we we put things out on Instagram, we asked family and friends who they knew. Um we put things out on Facebook and we basically started with just a couple of people And from there, they referred us to more people and those people referred us to more people and it just exponentially grew. And we got to the point where we had so many referrals that we, I mean, we still probably have 20 people we could reach out to now to to photograph who we haven't yet had a chance to reach out to. So it it was kind of amazing. In the beginning, people were a little bit nervous Mm -hmm. and then they started kind of hearing about what the experience was like and how safe everything was. I mean, we try to not touch anything. Mm -hmm. We stay at a distance from everyone. Like we, if people want us, we're outside, but if people want us to wear a mask and everybody wants to wear masks, we're doing that. We're trying to be just very respectful and safe. Um, But it's, it's been really cool.
0: Yeah. And that must've been kind of a good way for you to stay, you know, keep your creativity going in a time that was really, you know, it's been really difficult for so many people.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, exactly. I mean, I think that it got us out. It was interesting that like even interacting with people, especially at the beginning, it felt like people were not, they just had their family to talk right. to. And they almost like felt, you know happy to see and talk to somebody else and you know so a lot of times we end up just like hearing what their story is and we recorded some interviews with them also we're not sure exactly what we'll do with the audio but we thought it was important to capture what they were saying and experiencing and how it evolved over time yeah um, but it it was important to keep us out and you know cuz i think for a lot of photographers i think they struggled with um, from what we've heard, that you know, it's it's easy to just kind of hole up and you know, turn mm-hmm. on Netflix. And it's like for us, like we wanted to just keep out in the world and keep creating and telling the story of what's going on right now because we felt like that was important. Well, we're also really active people
1: and we like to be out traveling or, or kind of exploring and adventuring as much as we can,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's been really hard to do right now. And so it's like this is kind of like a different way of doing that. It's a it's a little bit different than than what right. we normally do, but it's, it's yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think when your passion is storytelling in general, it's um that's just something that will never go away. So you'll just automatically kind of pivot and figure out a way to keep telling that story in whatever medium works. Right.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I wanted to give a shout out today to my good friend and colleague Betsy Davison and her company Space for Arts. Space for Arts is a global b2b marketplace for professional production spaces i.e studios. Its platform presents a vetted inventory of professional production spaces with robust search tools optimized for the needs of production professionals supported by communication alerts which assist in the rapid decision cycles of production. Space for Arts offers a management solution which mirrors entrenched practices, simplifies and automates them, thus providing a powerful time-saving resource to both studio owners and production professionals. By addressing the significant pain points for both sides of the market, Space for Arts will capture a high percentage of available bookings, becoming the industry's default resource for booking and managing production spaces. Think of it as an open table meets Airbnb, meets CRM software. It's the perfect solution for professional production space integration. So what can you, what can you share with some of our younger or newer, uh, listeners, you know, newer to the field of what are those things that, um, stand up for you? You know, like, some photographers really recommend being assistants, you know, and getting your name out that way. And others have, you know, different feelings on ways to network. I'd love to hear like what, what stands out for you that really helped push you and got you through that hump, you know, in 2010, when you were, this was it, you know?
1: I mean, I would say that, that figuring out what your passions are and figuring out how to pursue that. um, Finding Always having, I think we've always, always had a personal project going. If not ten personal projects going at the same time, I mean, we have crazy lists of projects that we want to pursue, and it's growing <laughs> every day. Um, but I think that having having projects that you're always pushing yourself to go out and shoot, and just kind of figure out what it is that you what it is that you're excited about and passionate about. Um, I think if you do that enough, you'll somehow figure that out. I don't know. I mean, for us, it's worked. And, and we're still evolving throughout the years as we're doing this. We're still kind of shifting what we're shooting and what we want to shoot and figuring that out more and more every year, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say for younger photographers, not being afraid to ask for help. Um, we have worked with, as I was saying before, we've worked with a number of consultants throughout the years. Um, and everyone has been different and everyone we've gained something different from whether it's been business, um, business kind of skills or marketing ideas or branding, or whether it's been editing or helping us kind of conceptualize projects. They have kind of helped us all the way through, um, And I mean, even uh, I guess other things to think about would be business, right? Figuring out how to be better as a business person, because ultimately, um, you can be the best photographer in the world, but if you can't, if you can't figure out the business side of the business, I mean, it's ultimately, it's a business, um, if you can't figure out that side, if you can't get the marketing down, it doesn't matter. And so, I mean, that's something I think we both have wished, like, why didn't we take business classes in college? I wish we had, because, <laughs> yeah. we've had to, you know, we've had to learn so much. I mean, there's so much to learn to be,
0: to be able to run your own business. Um, yeah. And I don't think they really teach that, you know, when you take photography, that's not really high on their list of things to teach you. As, they you know, should. They-,
2: they, they really should. Yeah, yeah, because ultimately it's a business and it's like it's not going to be successful. Right. If you do the business things correctly. And I, there's a lot of photographers that struggle with that. And it's it's challenging because like when we we're in photojournalism, everybody was all the photographers are kind of in it together. You know, everybody would help each other out because it didn't feel like everybody was a competitor. But right. one of the things that I found when I started freelancing was it was very difficult because when you're an independent photographer, everybody else is a competitor. And so they don't want you to take their clients and they, you know, they they kind of almost felt like they were keeping you at arm's length because they didn't, they were, they were worried about their own business. Right. Um, and so finding mentors, there, there are many photographers out there who will help, but I do think that finding mentors who can help along the way is important, whether that is giving feedback for your, on your work or on business or just getting an outside perspective, um, I feel like that is important. And We've had that along the way, and we try to give back also. And we've also actually joined a couple of collectives
1: in the last year or so. We're a member of um, a collective um, in L.A. It's a group of advertising photographers where we've all merged together to, in mass, um, go do portfolio shows at agencies.
0: Oh, I love Um, that.
1: Yeah. And it's been great. And we all, and I mean, even through the last few months of this, it's like, we will, um, sometimes somebody will send a note out and just say, Hey, anybody know about this or have you heard about this resource? I mean, we all help each other and I think that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's another collective we've just joined. Uh, we were, we were kind of invited to join in the last few months and it's a a group of, I don't even know, 10 photographers now, mostly all over California. Mm -hmm. Um, who have merged together to kind of start a stock collective.
0: Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so it's, yeah. And it's just been like, I I don't know, I think kind of figuring out how to help other photographers and kind of that idea of all boats rise with the tide, I think we feel like it's, it's certainly, it's like if, if, if you can do that, then, you know, I, I don't know, there's something to be said about being a good person in this business, um, and helping other people. And it's something that it's like, um, it's, it's important. And I think that nobody wants to work with a jerk. Right. right. <laughs> I, don't know.
0: I mean, right. Well, and I think, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I've always been, um, so shocked at how many reps won't share information with other reps. And that and I've struggled with that because I became a rep because a photographer asked me to be his rep, but I had no idea what I was doing. And I just started, you know, looking at other sites, right? And then you try to reach out to people, and it's shocking to me how many people will not respond to you. Um, and then there's that, you know, select few who, when they do, you just feel like oh, you're my new best friend. Like <laughs> we share everything, and how come other people can't do that? I don't know. I, it's definitely um, inherent in the world of creatives. But the at the end of the day, we're all competing anyway. So my feeling is always like I'd rather be part of the group, and as long as it's within our group, maybe, and we're already competing amongst each other, great. You know, because we're just here to uplift each other. You know, in the end, they're really going to choose whatever personality or whatever it is they decide, you know, it's so, I mean, it is based on talent, but so much of it is so objective that it's kind of like, why not help each other out to get right. that job? Yeah. Right, right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, your thoughts on marketing. Like, especially because you aren't repped. And I think photographers really struggle with marketing on their own. And especially once you get into a groove of shooting, how do you keep up with that marketing? And how often, like for instance, how often are you testing or shooting personal work when you were working?
1: So we're always shooting personal work. Um, we always have a project going. And um, so that's that's constant for us. And so I think that having having things to be to market, new work to market, even if it's not client work, but personal work, we always have new work to market. I think the issue is that we, like every photographer, get overwhelmed with the vast amount of things that we have going on in our business and in our work nice. and, and kind of working with our clients. And so we get behind on marketing like everybody. Um, and it's always a struggle for us. I mean, every year we, we kind of say, like we have our little like... I don't know if we do it at the end of the year or at the beginning of the year. I can't it's even, of, yeah,
2: like when it start. slows down in like November, December, January, a lot of mm-hmm. years. We'll have kind of like our,
1: like, okay, here's our marketing plan for the coming year. And here's, we're going to do an e-promo every month or every other month. Then we're going to do, you know, four mailers and then one really big one. And, and <laughs> we have it all planned out. And let's just say that the best laid plans never happen that way. right? Um, and so, I mean, we try really hard to figure out how to market and, and get our work in front of people and, and meet new people. Uh, we do a lot of portfolio reviews. Um, we try, I mean, with this collective that we we're a member of, we've been doing kind of these portfolio shows, which has been really great to meet a lot of creatives and art buyers. And so I think that kind of marketing, building relationships is really important. Mm-hmm. But we definitely always need to do more. And, and we always, I mean, we had a trip planned last, last summer, I guess. Last summer, yeah. last summer, we had a trip planned to go to Seattle and Portland to go meet with a whole bunch of agencies, um, mm-hmm. our producers and creatives. We actually ended up canceling it um, because we just felt like we needed to kind of get more booked and we were having trouble booking as many meetings as we wanted. And we, we learned that the summer is the worst time to go to Seattle and Portland. Everybody wants to be out, not in the office. Um, So it's just like, you know, we're learning and and evolving.
2: And right before everything shut down, we'd spent a bunch of time working on our marketing lists. And we had a bunch of custom printed books made that we are going to use for targeting. And we got them all shipped here. And now they've just been sitting here because now we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with these now, you know? Right. Um, So it's kind of always an evolution of trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to make an entry into, you know, to agencies and with creatives and how to stay on their radar without being annoying. Right. Right. But I I agree with Tracy. It's like the relationships is really what it's about. And if we can get in and talk to people, I, I I think that makes a world of difference.
0: Yeah, for sure. The face to face, I feel like um kind of seals the deal it's what they remember the most probably and then when they get that beautiful printed piece in the mail they go oh yeah or they see something on instagram and then it right. triggers it but i do think i don't know i mean i would would you agree that probably the majority of what you what work you are getting was word of mouth or I having come to a place where you kind of have your tribe now and they know who to call i think a lot of it is word of mouth i think
1: um we we're surprised though too when we get um we might have might have sent a mailer out a couple of years ago and we're asked to bid and send a treatment on a on a job um from an art producer who we've never met who are excited to have the chance to work with so that's certainly happened a number of times in the last year yeah um you know, you never know. I mean, we certainly are, our regular, like our regular work tends to be kind of tried and true, wonderful, loyal clients we've worked with for a long time, but we get all of these additional ones that come from just, they might've seen our work somewhere online or on workbook or, um, through something that we sent. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, we had, um, we had a big personal test shoot we were going to do. That was another one we wanted to market this big shoot that we were planning to do with a a good sized crew. Um, And a fantastic producer. Uh gosh, we were gonna do that this spring. Yeah. (laughs) Spring. I don't know what's gonna happen with that anymore. And we were gonna do this. We had this whole idea of what we were gonna shoot. Um, we had a great DP who was gonna kind of help us with the video end of it with that. Um we had ideas about like even when we sent this out as a as a marketing piece, um We kind of had some ideas of some things to actually send in a a box that would make sense with this whole project to send to people to really kind of do something more out of the box that might Mm -hmm. get more attention. Um, And uh, it's just like, I don't know when something like that will happen again. So things have just changed a lot. Yeah, it's changed
2: because it's like, okay, you know, are we going to be able to do a shoot with a big crew? Same right. Time in the near future are we going to be able to send things to agencies or is everybody just going to be working from home i know right i send printed pieces or when will we be able to
0: yeah so it's yeah. Like
2: up in the air it feels like
0: yeah we have a stack of printed newspapers sitting here too you know that were printed right before it happened and then it's like oh great I don't think I can ask for their home address yet, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you kind of want to, you kind of want to be like, can I send you something at home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Um, well, any other little tips or tricks that you want to share with the audience in terms of, um, you know, what, what's something as a photographer that you wish someone had told you?
2: No, I mean, I would say that for the youngest, I suppose the youngest just photographers looking for mentors and things like that, there's times that we'll get emails asking us to give time for whatever it may be, for a school project or whatever, but they've done no research. You know, there's nothing personal in there about us or our work or anything. And so I would say that like, if you're wanting to build those relationships, I think it has to be you know, if you're looking to contact photographers and wanting help on, on things, I, I think come to it from a perspective of of being more personal that, you know, it's like I've looked you guys up and I'm interested in your work because of this um, versus just like an obvious mass email that we get frequently where there's like <laughs> I'm doing this report and I need a quote basically. And right. So, I mean, there's things like that, but...
0: Yeah. Do your
2: research,
0: yeah. <laughs> right? Do your research on every, anyone that you reach out to on the art buyer, you're emailing on the yep. rep, whoever. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Well, thanks so much you guys for your time today. It was so well, great to meet you and hear your story. You. And we thank can't wait to see life. your projects that you've been working on. Those sound amazing. And I, you know, I'm sure you'll come up with some creative way to share them with all of us. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Well, it's, been,
1: it's been really great to talk with you and, and good luck on your your uh, journey coming up.
0: Oh, uh, thank how you. How you. Yeah. Can... Will you remind people how they can find you on Instagram and uh, anywhere else on your website? Sure. Um, our website is... Um, uh,
2: TracyDavid.com. T-R-A-C-Y-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-V-I-D-A- <laughs> Awesome. I know, I
1: was like, okay. <laughs> yes you can find us at our website at tracy david.com t-r-a-c-y david d-a-v-i-d.com and our instagram is um at tracy plus david
0: great thanks everyone for joining us please make sure to check us out at focusonwomen.org and subscribe at itunes or spotify and everyone please stay safe and keep your creative juices flowing